Welcome back, nerds, to the Game of Nerds podcast, where there's no shame in having an unhealthy obsession with a fandom. I'm your host, Shannon, and in today's episode, we're talking all about parasocial relationships in fandom. Joining me today is Tara Jabari. How are you doing, honey? Good. How are you? I am so glad to have you here. You're on staff with um, us uh, here at the Game of Nerds, but I actually met you through Matchmaker FM because you run your own podcast. You want to explain a little bit about your podcast? Sure. So I started a biographical podcast. So uh, it's more documentary style of women throughout history. And if there was a chance to promote it, um, you can listen to my podcast, Who Was She?, which the first season is about Lydia Zeminoff, the daughter of the man who invented the language Esperanto. And I'm working on seasons two, three, and four. So I'm excited. Every season is one person, correct? One person. Yes. Before we talk about parasocial relationships, which we will talk are probably ears off on. Um, I'm so interested about this. Let's get some podcast business taken care of. Uh, What are you obsessing about? What has been taking your money? They had just announced that Broadway will come back in September. So it was like, well, I can't leave just now. So I I am going back in July to Chicago and I'm coming back September, October, November in New York. And I've already bought my tickets to six Broadway, which is a musical on Henry VIII's wives. Oh, yeah. And it was I think it was premiering right before COVID and then it hit. Oh, I want to see Romeo and Bernadette, I think it's called, which is what if Romeo didn't die? He had a sleeping potion and then woke up and fell in love with a mafia's daughter. (laughs) I have heard so many good like Broadway ones that were supposed to get launched right before the pandemic. And now they've kind of been sitting here in limbo. And I'm really hoping that you know, the press will kind of pick some of these up because Broadway is like the one that's gotten the least attention and it's yeah. been closed down the longest. Oh, we got to pump some love back into Broadway. I'm already in the list, uh, the email list of when Moulin Rouge, the musical, I've already seen oh. it. If you can save up and sit in the front row, cause it's the coffee shop kind of thing. Yeah. And then like, the actors and the dancers will like look at you. I was in the balcony and I'm like, it's probably like $400, but I'm going to go all out, treat myself and sit in the front row and have Aaron Tavay say, come what made in my face. So that's what's been taking my money. Is just Broadway tickets is you're you're on the train, ready to go. I feel like we've just got to kind of jump in here now. Because when you first talked to me and we had this first conversation, I was like, oh my God, there's a scientific term. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm trying yeah. to say? I, I like Sebastian Stan. I right. would leave my husband for Sebastian Stan. Sorry, Andy. But, you know, those kind of feelings growing up, it didn't have a term. You were, you know, my parents just jokingly said, you're obsessed. And mm. Tara's going to explain it to us. My master's degree is in communication, culture, and technology. And I was reading about how our relationships, professional, personal, with communication has changed through the media, particularly digital media, internet. Yeah. And then I learned about this one term called parasocial relationships, which is when you start forming an intimate relationship, intimate, not meaning sexual, but like a very close bond with the media, but it's really one sided. And it was started in the 1950s. We'll, We'll get into it. So parasocial relationship was a term invented or realized but in 1956 by researchers Donald Horton and Richard Wool. 
in the 50s is when television came in people's homes, right? That's when television yeah. came. So no longer was it just one sense with the radio. It was two senses. You were using your eyes and your ears to get entertainment. Yeah. They started noticing people were getting really attached to the news anchor, to television shows. I Love Lucy. I mean, there is data showing that crime went down the nights that I Love Lucy was on because everyone was home. Everyone yeah. enjoyed watching these stories and this these two couples and their shenanigans, right? And it just kept progressing. The point of it is if you form an attachment to the media, but you make yourself known to the media, to them, then it's no longer parasocial relationship, right? So if the news anchor was not feeling well, many people actually would send soup or call the studio and say, how is the news anchor doing? I sent soup. To the scientists, they were saying like, that's no longer parasocial. Fast forward, we have Twitter, we have Instagram, we have ways to communicate with the media. And I still say we need to update it because my theory is that it is still parasocial relationship. But if they respond, it no longer is. However, it is something else that still is not defined. And it's not just with the media. I'm talking about like influencers. People have like pen pals have yeah. heightened in a way because we can make friends all over I didn't touch music and sports because those have its own realm. I concentrated mostly on television shows and our relationship to te different television shows. I could say the same thing about the comic book nerds and Marvel Marvel nerds, you know, they how intense and it's not like Marvel's going to give them the goods because they figured out all the Easter eggs. For instance, with these comic cons, if you met him because he'll do yeah. comic cons and yeah. stuff like that and get a photo and an autograph and stuff like that it's one of hundreds that he meets but f for the individual they'll still remember like he looked at me he hugged me you know all sorts yep. of stuff right and it means something and it's not saying it's taking away from that and it that it's not meaningful for sebastian stan but we're going to stick to, I think, the visual medium to kind of simplify it. But yeah, we're watching our shows. You'll be on the subway. You'll be on the toilet. You'll be in bed. You'll be having dinner with your family and all sorts of stuff. That was something that I noticed um, because with children, it's kind of difficult to explain to them. Like, it's a box. They're not yeah. real. I think it's Vanessa Hudgens who spoke about how she would go to the airport and some mom would say, you have to take a photo with my daughter. I've spent so much money on you, really on Disney, but okay. Yeah. Um, so She only got a slice of it, so don't worry about it. Yeah. So in all sorts, and she's like, I have a flight to catch. And she's like, don't be a bitch. She's like, you have to explain to the kid that like, that was an actor who is singing and dancing, but they have their own lives. They have a schedule that does not care about fandoms. It's an airport schedule. Yeah. And she's like, I, I appreciate this, but I can't take a photo right now, yeah. you know, kind of thing. But to them, they have this ownership because they've watched you continuously for, you, you have a kid, like, you know, yeah. how much obsessive, you know, they well, have to listen to the same there's song. There's one thing, you know, I always say it um, in terms, because I always see it at a convention and kids, when they walk up to an actor that they believe is Captain America or that mm -hmm. person is Yondu, it is freaking the most, uh, just your heart just kind of melts yeah. because you know that kid has probably sat there, watched that movie 90 million times, knows that movie by heart and everything else. And they have just met their idol. 
And yeah. it's cute because it's just boosting their confidence. I met, you know, Captain America when I was four or five or whatever it yeah. is, you know, and we move on. But it's that it's that far line, you know, if they were eight or nine, then yeah, that person is an actor and they're moving on to their subject. I think that's that fine line of when do we stop believing in Disneyland and that Mickey Mouse is, you know, the, yeah. the character in the costume versus the real Mickey Mouse. Do you know, um, I remember, I thought this was really sweet. Amy Adams, who was yes. in Enchanted. Yeah. Which apparently the sequel's coming out sometime. Yes, it is. She, I think she was on Graham Norton and she said sometimes, you know, if it's not, it seems like it's not busy, like they're in an elevator or something like that. And the kids are like, oh my God, is it her? Yeah. It's the enchanted. And she feels bad because she's not the princess, but she is. So she'll put on the outfit. She's like, I'm undercover, Shh, you know, yeah. kind of thing to kind of keep that youth youthful magic and imagination all that and I'm like that is sweet that's the beauty of childhood we kind of have to foster that imagination and everything like that oh you know like it and then for children who are not in that world like if if they do see Amy Adams or something it takes them a second especially in this digital age which is like where you kind of are like we're in a public place like shut the kid up so that like they'll just put the screen in front of them just to stay quiet and then you look up in the elevator and there's the princess from Enchanted. Yes, yeah. Like, well, that's weird yeah. kind of thing. So it's this weird yo-yo. And I think it's going to heighten for all ages when the pandemic kind of dies down and people are slowly going to be able to go back into public because we've spent so much time away from others watching, consuming media that, you know, like when – any comic con is back in person and you can see the actor or the director or something like that in person. And you're like, this is going to take me a second to realize this because, or to digest this. There's a TV show that's in the UK and I found the first three episodes called Starstruck. Have you Uh heard about this? I have a little bit about it. Where she's a normal woman who has sort of a one night stand with who turns out to be one of the biggest movie stars in the planet. And I was like, I have to watch this because it's basically what if parasocial never really happened and, and that stuff. And there's this really funny scene like where they get kind of bombarded by fans. And it's in the trailer, I think. They're like, we loved you in the Avengers. He's like, uh, I'm not in the Avengers. And then in the show, he goes, yes, you were. Why are you arguing with the guy? He wasn't in the <laughs> Avengers. But like the, oh, the fans are like, I know more than you do. I've seen in like uh, interviews and stuff, they're like, we filmed this a year ago. You probably, you might have been watching it over and over and over again. So I apologize if I don't remember exactly what you're referring to. It feels like that should be common sense. Yeah, for you watching it and you seeing it last night, that person, that actor has probably not seen it since the premiere because- How do how do people identify with characters, uh, you know, how these parasocial relationships have four dimensions and how people can identify with these characters through fandom? Okay, so there really are these four dimensions that have been established. And the deeper, the higher you go into the dimensions, the harder it is to kind of separate reality. And you start having empathy for the character, right? You know, when you feel happy or sad with the character. So if the guy gets the girl, you don't feel like, oh, he got it. You feel, we got her, right? Kind of thing. And that's one of the first times where you start having a sort of parasocial relationship where you really bond with this character. The second one is when you start having shared cognitive aspects 
which means you understand their reasoning and their intentions and their motivations and their behavior, right? So a good example that I like to use is from the show and the books, uh, Game of Thrones, Arya, who is the youngest daughter. So what is she's like 12? And she has a kill list, right? So yeah. if you tell anyone <laughs> that a 12 year old's got a kill list, you're probably gonna uh... and she's training to be an assassin, basically, you're like, what? But if you've watched it, or you've read it, and you've gone through this journey with her, you empathize with her, then you understand why she wants to kill all these people, and that you want her to kill them. Like Avengers, we've watched the whole, you know, they're, you know, up to Thanos, and you're like, no, mm-hmm. no, I'm with them. We got to get Thanos. We're done. <laughs> yeah. Or like Iron Man. He doesn't necessarily want to change the past because that's how he gets his daughter. Because of yeah. the snap, he gets his daughter. So he's in this limbo. And we understand that motivation of like, let's just be the way it is. And then you also see it from everyone else's point of view, where what is it, 50% of the planet just disappeared. And yeah. snap we want it. all of our other characters back and we want things yeah. back to normal. Or like um, Ant-Man comes back because he's in a different dimension and his daughter's all grown up. So he missed her growing up because it's been five years. Kind of. So you you empathize, you identify, you, you understand where they're coming from. Oh, well, then that's the third dimension is when you identify with the character, meaning like you are this character, right? Like often people's favorite character that is because that's who they are. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. I, I, I usually ask a lot of nerds, like, who do you identify with? Mm-hmm. Like, who, what character do you want to be like? That, yeah. that actually, that makes common. sense now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's common. My Facebook bio, they're like, about me. For the longest time, even before I understood what it was, I was like, I'm part Liz Lemon with a dash of Kate from Lost and all sorts. Like I yeah. took all my favorite characters and what I liked about them. And I'd be like, because I can relate to them. I'm like, that's me kind of thing. Here's my question for you. Mm-hmm. I was just recently on a podcast with another nerd mom and we were talking about how we got to the names of our kids. And she named hers after um, X-Files and um, another series that she was really diehard in. She named them the character, you know, we named our kids after characters my daughter marvel is very into the marvel comic is that are we now taking parasocial relationship to another level by and naming our kids after them i kind of would say yes okay because there's certain things that i idolize i'm obsessed with angelina jolie and sophia loren i don't have children but i have already named at least a middle name based off of that okay so it so that that ties into this whole discussion <laughs> because it sort of is how it's the relationship that you formed, this bond you re- you formed with something or someone in the media, right? Plenty yeah. of people have named their, I, I think they said Arya and even Khaleesi because of a fictional character. But it's not really a relationship, right? Yeah. You don't have a relationship with Kevin Feige and it'd be like, my daughter's name is Marvel. And he's like, yeah. oh, that's. That's cute. That's great. That's cool. Yeah. I think it's just interesting that, you know, like it does. It's taking the relationship to a whole nother level when you decide, you know, hey, I really like Sebastian Stan, for example, that I want to go and name my kid Sebastian or, you know, for Marvel, Captain Marvel had just came out. It was actually on the back of a baby book for that year. You know, I have some of these, you know, people ask me, well, how do you think she'll live up to it? But I didn't name her like, oh, yeah, she's named after Marvel Comics. Like Marvel's a is a general word. It's a wonder, That's you know, true. you yeah, know, you could, well, it's like, um, Kevin Smith, the filmmaker, not until really suicide squad came out. Did people understand who I named my daughter after? Yep. And 
everyone just thought I named her after Harley Davidson and they didn't understand the Quinn part. I'm a huge fan of Kevin Smith. I've tweeted to him and he's liked a tweet. So technically it's not parasocial anymore, but it's not a relationship. <laughs> it's in that, it's once again, we're in that gray area. Uh, do we have a new term or is... It's this meeting. And, and I also think it's important because of how we can formulate, I mean, there is a whole new genre of uh, professions, influencers. Yeah. I don't know if it'll last per se, but it's not really going anywhere anytime soon. If I continued my studies, I would have wanted to investigate more on how our relationships are with seemingly everyday people who are expertise. I know a friend who's a nutritionist, plant-based, you know, all sorts of stuff, nomad, all that stuff. And she has over 11,000 followers. And she's like, it keeps me transparent of like, I have to work out and share my workouts to keep me transparent because they look to me look, for that yeah. kind of thing. And I was like, it's interesting because you now have a relationship, but it's not really a relationship. It's something that we've never really had before. So that's what I would have wanted to study. But as far as this one, but no, it, you're you're talking about so many different things. Like we were talking about how media has grown and changed from the 1950s to now. Mm -hmm. It's a completely different landscape, whole different ball game. Mm -hmm. When I started TGON, it was Tumblr and Twitter and YouTube. Now I've got to engage on Instagram. And if I'm not on Instagram 24 seven, then it's punishing me because you know, I'm not engaging with it. And it goes back to business. I mean, I don't think they don't necessarily appreciate it. But even the platforms like Instagram or Twitter, it's a corporation. So yep. they're like, we want you to kind of keep coming back. And I'm glad you guys are making relationships out of this. But as long as we make money, that's all we care about. And and also how public it can become. But you talk about, you know, things getting dangerous. And we've talked about social media and how people are kind of grouping together. The fourth identification that you kind of really talk about is absorbing and being mm -hmm. into those characters. I think social media has kind of pushed it further so that we For absorb sure. it more, um, especially when we find people who agree with us. I know with TGON where people felt like I'm the only person watching this and just finding somebody else who watched it was the best thing in the world. Yeah, is where it gets dicey. And you need to be really a psychiatrist or, you know, studying this to understand it. Two examples that are fictional that I would share is this film called Ingrid Goes West with okay. Aubrey Plaza and Elizabeth Olsen. Aubrey Plaza. So is she, I don't remember where she is in the United States, but she is mentally unstable. She goes to an institution to get better. And she starts following this influencer, Elizabeth Olsen, who lives in Los Angeles. And she decides to just move to Los Angeles and somehow become her friend and just make her whole life about Elizabeth Olsen's life. Another one is the man who tried to kill or assassinate Ronald Reagan because he watched Taxi Driver so many times. And that film is about an unstable war vet who decides to try and assassinate a political candidate kind of thing. So that's a real life example. And weirdly, I actually met a woman who's a nurse at a psychiatric board and during her um, residency was at the hospital that this man is in. He's still oh, there. Wow. And when I was researching his family, his parents were trying to get him kind of paroled so that they can take care of him. So he's no longer in the hospital. But last I checked in like 2017, 2018, he was denied that because his parents are older than him. So when they yeah. die, who's going to take care of him? He's still not mentally there. Right. Yeah. So he, probably will stay in the hospital for the rest of his life. In these episodes or these 
fictional ones. It's it's people who just they're like, you are not Sebastian Stan. You are Winter Soldier. Soldier yeah. Let me see your arm. He's like, yeah. and they're like, did you change your arm? Did the yeah. Wakandans did the, do this for you? He's or like, they'll start saying the 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 phrases to turn yes, him into Winter right? Soldier, and he's just like, and uh, the guy's like, I'm telling you, and like, oh, that's right, because in the show. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you figured out how to stop that. Like they will find ways to not really understand reality. And that gets a that gets very dangerous, right? That's yeah. where stalkers come th- through yeah. and all sorts of stuff. Well, we talk about it at the game and earns, you know, there's no shame in having an unhealthy obsession with a fandom. And that's that's once again, that was eight years ago, very tongue and cheek kind of st- you know, we want you to be proud that you're passionate about Marvel or whatever fandom mm-hmm. you are, but you but we say, yeah, there's a fine line that you have to walk. We have seen fandoms go toxic, bullying, whether that's in person or online. Mm-hmm. We've seen this happen to celebrities. We've seen harassment. We've seen illegal activities like stalking or mm-hmm. um, going onto people's property and getting into their houses and stealing yeah. things from them. Um, you just did a great review on Demi Lovato's documentary on yes. YouTube. And that this, I mean, this is a prime example of this, of people just eating her alive for sharing her story when or attacking her. Her friends and her attacking friends. her friends who didn't know what was going on because you don't know the whole story, right? I'm a huge fan of Angelina Jolie, but for me, what I admired about her was she would bring awareness to other situations and still answer the stupid questions of what are you wearing and who did you sleep with and all that stuff. Using what her is- power for good, but yet still doing what she had to do. Where is the line? Like, that's my real question is yeah. at one point, do you know, like I have seen people on Twitter get really now I've had, I have lost fandom friends because they've just gone too far to the point where I'm just like, all right, no, we're not. Um, I've, I've heard horrible stories of people using their job powers to do, you know, to look up celebrities to, to do these kind of, you know, at what point have you crossed the line? And at, you know, we talk, we talked a little bit about this. You never want to be the person to be like, okay, you crazy. You psycho, you yeah. lost it. Um, because that only, I kind of think, maybe fuels the fire. But I feel like there has to be some red flag in your head that goes, all right, I've crossed the line now. Well, like, hopefully you kind of recognize that the first step is admittance because you're only going to hurt yourself and others yeah. when you get to that deep, uh, particularly in fandoms because you can get into obsessiveness. You can just today, Henry Cavill the actor, Superman, if you will, posted something. And I thought he did a pretty decent job. Uh, People were judging his new girlfriend. And so he's like, please, you know, try and be considerate. Like if you can't be positive, just don't put it online. And and you're really actually hurting the people I love uh, and I care for. And I appreciate your support, but this isn't being supportive, right? I was like, that's the thing we be and it's you feel like you own these people and you forget that they have their own lives as well. Right. And particularly on screen talents. Right. I don't even know what Kevin Feige looks like, but I know his name and I know he's really the boss of a lot of stuff and he has bosses above him. Probably. If if anything, it's the money. Um, But it's, but if you see uh, Chris Evans or Sebastian Stan or Robert Downey Jr., you're much more susceptible to be like, oh, my God, I'm like freaking out. That's the other thing is what's interesting talking about these. You definitely have crushes, right? Yeah. And it's the, the, you think of that with any relationship that you have. You need to have your own 
thing, whether it's yeah. a couple or with your children, if everything revolves around them, you lose your self-identity, right? Yeah. So if everything revolves around supernatural, well, guess what? They moved on. Yeah. Shows right? cancel. You got, yeah, you don't have, yeah. I, I, kind of thing, and where are you going to go from there? You need to have that. You're like, you know what? No, that's okay. Cause I still have, you know, I'll watch X-Files. Something similar, but you know, yeah, it's meant to be entertainment. Do you think Netflix and Hulu and all these streaming services trying to drop to keep us entertained? Do you think it's just making it harder and harder for us? Yes. For instance, we can, we love DC Comics. We love Supernatural. Now we can follow the writers of Supernatural. We can follow Jensen and, and Jared, and we can follow Henry Cavill and Ben yeah. Affleck and Jason Momoa. We can follow those guys. I don't see it necessarily being the best, but it's, a, I, I use the digital age the way I use the car analogy. So I think when cars first started, it got us to work faster. It got us to the hospital faster. But yes, we had more car accidents. People did die from these accidents. Then they had to do the seatbelt. Then they had to be like, you can't be on your phone. Well, we had to adjust, right? Had to evolve. Had to evolve. Had to evolve and use these as tools. And we're, we're, we're learning how to continue to use these as tools and not be victim to it, right? And I think that's the same thing with social media or the internet. It's right now, we don't really have seatbelts, let alone. It's that seatbelts for the gray areas. What I was about to kind of comment in is we've we've kind of expanded that gray area we were talking about of where we don't really know what this is or have a term for it. But that gray area of if is this right? Is this wrong? You know, my the big thing that comes in my mind is where you know KJ Apo was talking uh, from Riverdale was talking about how some people just literally do not know the difference that I am not Archie. There's people right. who come and are convinced that I feel like technology and media has only made that gray area harder and harder because there's just going to be more and more people, you know, especially since we've come out of the pandemic, who once again are not going to know that it's KJ Apa. They only just know them as him as Archie. That's it. You are Archie. It's true. And it's only going to get harder. Do you think that technology advancing and the way things are paparazzi and Mm -hmm. social media accounts like influencers, but normal people taking pictures of people on the on the street, this is just going to make it worse and worse for celebrities? Or is it making it worse for regular people like us? I do think it's going to be worse for the celebrities, but we'll see how it feels too. And then we'll see how bad it really can get. I mean, you try and think of if I take a photo across the street is so-and-so, KJ, it's Katie Holmes, it's Henry Cavill, whatever. And you're like, oh my God, it's him. And you kind of sneak in a photo. I try and think like, what if someone was doing that to me? Some celebrities have also said like, I would rather you come up to me and have a conversation with me than ask for a photo because that will mean more for you and for me too. Sure, you think of that immediate gratification, but the whole aspect of it, like thinking long term, it can slowly by slowly damage yeah. our psyche and our our moral high ground of, of what well, is acceptable and what isn't. 
I think of it just we forget that people are human, you know, yeah. um, the big thing for me is I would go to these conventions and yeah, the game of nerds is not, you know, the San Francisco Chronicle or anything like that. Usually we got pushed down to the laters for interviews. And we're talking by the end of the day, these people have been in panels. They have been through autograph lines. They have been through, you know, they've taken all these photos. They're ready to go home. They're tired. These people are human. They all have bad days. And I, it's one thing to take a photo and, you know, I send it to you and say, hey, I ran into Henry Cavill. But it's not like I'm going to post it on the Game of Nerds or Twitter if his hair is like looking crazy. Be like, look at Henry Cavill in the street. And then at the same time, I'd be like, did I really need to take a photo? So think of it long term, particularly when it comes to the internet, right? So if we, yeah. if you tweeted that out uh, of a photo of someone across the street without their permission and, and kind of think that's where I'd say is really crossing a line because it's sort of, it's no longer private, right? Yeah. And, and then you don't have control of that. Twitter has that photo. Not even the person you took the photo of has that. And anybody can screenshot that photo and then claim that they took that photo and that that's their property. And then it's on page six. And now we're on something new. In a way, it's supposed to help. But in a way, it doesn't. Social media doesn't. Right. We're still in this limbo. Like there's no seatbelt right now. Yeah. We're still going full force and not thinking of any long term effects. Um, And so but I think there's hope because we can still use it as a tool. Well, I, you talk about, you know, this term for people we make friends off of, you know, friends we meet on the internet, Mm -hmm. but we don't meet in real life or people that we conversate. I mean, catfish is a huge thing, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, Mm -hmm. like, do you really know if you're talking to that person? But I see it kind of with social media and, you know, and, and friends, we follow people. Are they really our friends? Like, do we really have that good of a relationship with them? What do we call this new gray area without a seatbelt? I don't know how long it took Warden and Holt to think of parasocial as the term yeah. also, but it's weird. And, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. One of my oldest and best friends, um, her roommate is a friend that she made through live journal back when yeah. they were like 11 years old and now they're roommates uh, living in New York City. And I was talking to because another thing that people are asking is like, how do we make sure our kids are talking to the people they say they're talking to? Right? Yeah, that's a huge catfish. If it's a predator, if it's a bully, if it's this or that. And I asked her because it was before really, this was a concern. And she's like, well, my dad was really into safety. And he's like, you you only you quiz them on things that you only talk to them about or that someone your age might know. What does NSYNC stand for, right, at the time? Yeah. So if it's like a 40-year-old, this is before Google, right? Like you could Google everything. So they're probably, it's like, it's for Justin. And I forgot what the sinks are. Um, I remember the N is Justin. Um, And and, and Justin's mom thought of the name um, kind of thing. But it was sort of to make a little bit more safety. And then you kind of go, and then you introduce them to your parents and the parents will talk to each other and then you try and meet up in person sometime when it comes to us individually and like as adults like if i'm coming to california and you're in northern california i I would probably be like shannon i'm nearby (laughs) want to hang out (laughs) kind of thing how far is too far? That's the thing. Like I, I've had relationships on even on Instagram where it's like, oh, yeah, we follow each other. We've chatted through Instagram stories or we've commented on each other's posts. But when it really comes down to it, like we're we're not 
as close as we think we are. Do you think that there will start being mental health and maybe some laws maybe passed of, okay, here's the line in the sand? Yeah, I think so. I For sure, um, anxiety will go up. Depression might go up, right? So I'll admit it. When the whole thing that went viral that Ben Affleck is on Raya and he liked this one girl's thing and she thought he was fake, so she unmatched him and then he found her on Instagram and stuff, I was like, he's single. I'm single. Since I was 12 years old, I've had a crush on him. <laughs> it could happen. There is Could a- it though? Because I don't look like that girl. Anything can happen. <laughs> yeah. But you know, like that's the... That's the now absorption. I'd be like, head over yourself, buddy. Okay. Yeah. You wish. For the record, Jennifer would love me as a stepmother to her children. Um, but see, like, I feel like it's weird to say. No, but it is. It, you wish Sebastian Stan would come to your door, but then at the same time, you really don't because you really don't want to have to make that decision. I I know. Yeah, exactly. Like sometimes the fantasy is always. It's, um, somebody was telling me about this. Uh, I forgot what it's called, but it's when people have fantasized Paris, like a location, and they travel to the location, and it does not live up to the expectation, right? It, yeah. There is a term for it, and I forgot it. I, I think it's the same with like Disney World sometimes, yeah, yeah. who ends any location, and they save up, and they've just fantasized so much about this, and they get there, and they're like, this is not what I thought it would be. <laughs> this is not, yeah. It's almost like a level of disappointment. Yeah. And- and it's just because we've been built. And I think it's going to get harder because what else do we have during a pandemic but our own heads? There's only so much you can do, like work and all that stuff. You get into this rabbit hole of obsessions and stuff. And then it's not necessarily a terrible thing. And then and then it's when we're like, well, what if you see him? What are you going to do? Right? And what if he's having a bad day? Because he's human, he's having a bad day. And he's like, God damn, it's another fan. Um, Thank you for watching. And and I'm like, I don't think you understand. I like found 15 of your articles to find out where you jog. And they're like, excuse me? Uh, so we have to play along because they're kids. And, and when you're an adult, it's not as forgiving, I think. And that's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard for us. Tara, I love chit-chatting with you about this. You enlightened me so much. You you uh, you recently actually just dropped a Mother's Day post mm-hmm. for us about, you know, fan, you know, how letting our moms fantasizing and I yeah. I think having you on staff and explaining the kind of science and that these relationships are okay and it's okay for mom to fantasize about Bucky Barnes. She's going to be fine. She isn't leaving the house. She's not leaving you for Bucky Barnes. Right. Um that, you know, I'm hoping that in the next time I have you on the podcast, there is a term for this gray area with a seatbelt. I'm going to call it the Jabari effect for right now. My gosh. Uh, (laughs) That's it. You heard it here first, folks. The Jabari effect. That's what I'm calling it. (laughs) Our gray area without a (laughs) seatbelt. Gray area without a seatbelt. I like that one more. Um, You make my science brain, my nerd brain happy. Um, And the fact that you can combine science with fandom, the two things that I'm very passionate about. Girl, you're one of my favorite people. I'm excited. There's so many things that can open up from this. Do you get a lot of comments or engagement from the podcast? We do. We occasionally will get some, uh, I'll usually get emails or I will get the comments in this, you know, on the Instagram post if we post it. I always ask our guest where our fans can stalk you, follow you. Where can people find you? 
so I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Um, for the most part, I am on Tumblr and stuff. Uh, basically at Tara underscore Jabari. And then if you're interested in the podcast, we're on Facebook, Instagram, um, and all Spotify, like Spotify, Apple, all that stuff, uh, at Who Was She Podcast. And I think that started again because I just admired these women so much and not a lot of people knew about them. And I thought, well, why not make it in another format than just reading the books or something? Podcasting has been growing for a while and I've been involved in podcasting. So it's been a fun experience. I've listened to the first few episodes and they're really interesting because I, I, I'm a big biography person. I like reading yeah. and learning people's history. I think what people do and how they persevere through their through what life is thrown at them, kind of the cards that they're dealt. I, yeah. I just I find that so interesting and inspiring. So uh, please check out her podcast. All the show uh, the show notes will have all of the links in it. If you liked this episode and you want to hear more, you can find the Game of Nerds podcast on Spotify, Apple, and all the other places you like to stream your second favorite podcast because obviously we're your first. If you need to catch up with the latest nerd news, reviews, or recommendations, you can head over to thegameofnerds.com. And make sure you're following us on all our various social media channels from Instagram to Twitter as The Game of Nerds. As always, nerds, level up or respawn.